Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to This Is Your Normal. I'm your host, Bob Holmes. A few weeks ago, I published an introduction episode, and I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Perhaps that is what led you to this first full episode. If not, go back, take a listen to the introduction. It'll only take 11 minutes of your time. Thank you for subscribing, and remember to download each episode and listen at your convenience. In this episode, I am proud to introduce a person I am honored to call a friend. His name is Bryce Roberts. Bryce is a licensed psychotherapist and the founder of Foxwood Counseling and Consulting. He is the co-creator and lead facilitator of Foundations of a Servant Leader, which is a program designed to promote stronger self-awareness, authenticity, and dedicated service to the common good. I must admit, once I learned that Bryce was involved with this program, I had never heard the term servant leader before and was instantly intrigued. After doing a little research, I learned that some of the people I respected the most within my community, including several friends, were alumni of this program. I did not hesitate to enroll, and I have been grateful of the things I learned about myself, in addition to the long-lasting relationships that blossomed during the program. Of course, throughout this episode, Bryce will define what a servant leader is and how we align our lives in service. As Bryce and I talk about the program today, we may reference topics within the program or personal experiences during or after. I do not believe that it is necessary to have a full understanding of the program itself. What we are talking about simply is daily life. Having an opportunity to improve the quality of our own lives and others. How can normal lead us to serve the common good? Thank you again for listening, and please enjoy this episode of This Is Your Normal. Okay, here we are. Bryce! Hi, thank you for joining. This is your normal. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be asked to be a part of this. So, and I'm excited for you uh, sort of venturing into podcast land. So, yeah, it's a new adventure. It's uh, definitely not my norm, um, you know, but it was just something that I think uh, hopefully we can get to later on. Um, amongst our conversation that, uh, believe it or not, you actually played a little bit of a role in uh, encouraging me to uh, pursue this podcast. So um, I do want to start off today and uh, I have a burning question inside of me. Are you normal today? (laughs) Am I normal today? Um, In ways, yes. And in ways, no. Uh, It's such a, I, I like the premise of the podcast, you know, what Thank is you. a your this is your normal, right? That's the yeah, this is your normal. Um yeah. but the biggest thing is I'm I'm a very curious person. We'll just jump right to it, Bryce. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh, a conversation that you and I have had before is I discovered that I am a very curious person. Mm-hmm. And you kind of pushed me to pursue my curiosities, uh, which led me to uh, create a curiosity journal where every morning I would wake up and the first thing I do is ask a question I'm curious about 
Um, but honestly, that I got kind of tired talking to myself about my own curiosities. Mm -hmm. So here yeah. I am. <laughs> here I am. I've decided to, uh, you know, reach out of my own curiosities and start asking other people about what's going on with them. I'm curious about other people. And I think throughout this podcast, we're going to learn more of what my normal is and why I may have an issue with it or not or whatever. But the biggest thing for me is what is normal? I think it's very subjective and I'm very curious about what your normal is. Yeah. In Foundations of a Servant Leader, the program you participated in and that one of the deep joys of my life is a session on certainty and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where what you're, when you went, you went through the program a while back, I think maybe five or six years ago. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I think my journal started um, in January of 2015. Okay. So I think we must've been within that program in 2014. Okay. Um, within that session, what it, it really may tie well to what we're talking about here with like normalcy, uh, is the idea that like our brains like certainty, right? Like if there's a noise outside my window, I need to figure out what that is. And I remember I was listening to this podcast called Lore. You ever listen to Lore? It's, it's, it's kind of an eerie podcast, but it's, it's cool. Uh, okay. And um, they had a segment on werewolves, right? And so I was in bed sleeping and uh, my patio furniture sort of flipped over in the wind. And um, I woke up to that noise, right? Sort of crashing noise. And my brain said, it's a werewolf. <laughs> That's what's going on there. And I believed it for a while, right? I like got right. it. It's like, okay, how do I kill a werewolf? Like, what am I going to do here? Right. Um, <laughs> so sometimes our body doesn't need what we're telling ourselves to be accurate or true or rational, uh, it just needs resolve. It needs to know what's going on. Um, and I think sometimes our sense of normalcy or certainty uh, can be inaccurate or uh, limit our growth or tell us things about ourselves that are not true or are limiting. And so your practice of a curiosity journal was really, I think, to just welcome more curiosity into your life to say, you know, maybe that's not a werewolf. <laughs> like, <you laughs> right, know, right. How do I prove to myself this is not else. a werewolf? Yeah, maybe I can just be curious about what else that might be. And in that situation, it's kind of silly, right? But in other areas of life, you know, applying curiosity can be a great gift. It can be challenging. Um, in your case, you made it sort of a practice. And that practice led you to say, you know, I'm getting kind of bored with this curiosity. I think I'll, I'll take some action now. I'll take some steps. Um, and here you are creating a podcast. And um, so I, I think I'll pause there uh, and see what you think. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you this, uh, the curiosity thing has all, I've always tried to been reserved about it. Because I feel like that uh, two-year-old kid who just keeps asking, why, 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 you know? And um, some of my curiosities may lead someone to believe that I'm complaining. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm trying to avoid with this is when I'm talking about 
um, struggling to come to terms with normal and uh, my life experiences up to this point. I don't want people to think, you know, I'm, I'm unhappy with the way things are, or I'm, I'm, I'm here to complain and I'm just going to vent about this person or that person. Like, that's not really what it's about. It's about the curiosities and diving into them and learning more about myself and those who surround me. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's okay if you complain a little too, maybe, you know, like it's okay to complain and yeah, I, I mean, I've got a, I have my own curiosities coming up about what you're saying, uh, but I don't want to go down that, you know, route too far. But um, right, well, you're yeah, always welcome I think, to. Um, I think what you're pointing to though is that when when we aren't certain or we get curious, that uh, some of our fear might come along with us on that journey. Um, that as I'm sort of maybe entering an area that's uncomfortable for me, that there's a voice of fear that's probably knows us pretty well um, and is maybe trying to keep us safe as we enter an area that's not so normal for us or is out of our comfort zone is saying, hey, you don't want to complain too much, Bob. Like people are going to think you're whining. Uh, that's maybe a voice of fear and, and it's trying to protect you and what's admirable here is you're saying, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do this podcast and sort of risk being perceived as a complainer. My curiosity is more about shining the value on other people. Mm. You know, I think maybe that's something that I've never really given myself credit for or uh, given myself that self-value of, hey, you know what, you, you, you're worthy of this and you're valuable and your opinion matters. So I really want to present this podcast as uh, something where I'm valuing the other person. Mm -hmm. Well, you know? I feel valued. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bryce. You are very valued. <laughs> um, since we're talking about this, uh, this discomfort area, do you think yeah you would be able to describe a little bit more about the fox. Yeah, sure. So yeah, people who have done the foundations of a servant leader are very foxy people. That's, it's a metaphor we use this image of a fox. Um, and so people in the program know that, uh, but people outside of it often don't know what we're talking about. Uh, so um, it's a, it, the fox is a metaphor for um sort of the deeper part of ourselves. Um, no matter where we go um, as humans, whether that's, you know, culturally or academically, you know, psychology, philosophy, you name it, we seem to develop some language for some deeper part of the human person, whether that's the true self, the soul, uh, the heart, the center, the core, uh, essence, you know, whatever you may call it. Um, there's some, there's something about being human and having this sort of deeper, uh, more authentic source of our creativity, uh, the most honest part of who we are, the true self. Um, and I pull that a bit from uh, Parker Palmer in his book, A Hidden Wholeness. So just to give some credit there. <laughs> Um, maybe we'll have and, on. 
Oh, I think you might ask him. <laughs> <laughs> um, at any rate, we say that whatever that thing is, it's it's like primitive. It's elusive. It's wild. It's like a fox in the woods, and that to get close to a fox, you you got to be quiet. You can't make a lot of. If you make a bunch of go to the woods looking for your soul, and you're like, get out here, soul. Like I gotta mm. I listen to this podcast, this wonderful, incredible podcast, and they said I gotta find my fox. So get out here. <laughs> it's never going to find it, right? I mean, it, it requires some intentionality, some know-how, some savviness. Courage. Some courage, yeah, and quiet, um, sort of quiet intentionality and contemplation. And it's in that, in that time that if we're lucky, we, that thing maybe comes out in us or we connect to it or the fox brushes up against us for a moment. And then it, it goes on its way, um, it's not something we cage or commodify or can really like hold on to. It, it sort of flows in and out of our life experience. And so, and people know, have their own experience. You know, I, I went away on this trip and I really got in touch with myself. You know, I saw that sunset and was reminded of what I care about. Uh, you know, people know that experience generally, sort of getting back in touch with the core pieces of who they are. And so we, we, yeah, we talk about it as a fox and we have a lot of fun with it. Um, so yeah, fox is a metaphor for the true self, the soul, the heart. That's why I named my business Foxwood uh, intentionally because of that. So <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. I like the analogy. You mentioned that it cannot be something like, obviously you're not going to trap this fox. It's just something that you can brush up against and it, and it kind of comes and goes. Can we lean into that a little bit more? Yeah. The, the, this part, my sense is that this part of ourselves is not, um, it becomes manifest in our thinking and our behavior. And so when we connect to that piece of ourselves, the way it sort of develops into our life is through what we think about the world, about ourselves. Um, and the way we act, the way we show up. And so when we're operating with like a deep sense of integrity, my, the language I use is we're in alignment with the fox, with the true self, with our core. And when, we're, when we act out of integrity or maybe with other kinds of intentionality that are maybe don't support the common good or it's more self-growth or I've lost my connection to my community or something, that we're acting out of alignment with it. And so it's sort of a daily invitation to say, am I gonna operate out of the deeper parts of who I am in my center, my core, my heart, or am I gonna operate uh, from another place? And um, I don't hold a lot of judgment about that because it's a, it's, a it's a tough thing to do daily. But it's not something that we just find once and figure out and then you know, so we flip a switch. Well, that's what I'd like to do. <laughs> well, sure. yeah. I mean, you wow, it, out, you're uh, you're going to be all right. Right. I mean, this whole idea sounds very attractive. You know, uh, wow. But I I I think maybe people would get caught up in trying to trap that fox. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, this is what I've been searching for. This would fix all my problems. And here we go. I'm going to get it. Um, but what you're kind of saying is that's not how the way it works. 
no i don't think so. that's not been my experience mm-hmm. um that well i'll give you this image too we we use you know foundations of a servant leader and, and the work i do around servant leadership it's not a training program right it's right. not like class you know it's not a course on servant leadership the purpose of the program is for individuals to become more self-aware and become more committed to using that self-awareness in ways that impact their thinking and behavior. That's a loaded sentence, but (laughs) all all I'm really saying is the more self-aware we become, the more we get to know that fox and, or the, our heart of the soul of who we are um, and align what I tell myself and what I do with that not, not saying perfection, being this way is not about being perfect. Uh, but the more often I'm doing that, the more often I start to show up to my life asking, how may I serve? Whatever this thing is in us, it is of service. It builds the common good. Um, it's, you know, it has an, an ethic to it or something like that. And so the more in alignment I come become with that thing, the more naturally I'm showing up in my life asking, how may I serve? How can I create things that are good, um, that help others, that serve the common good? And the more out of alignment we are with that thing, whether that's we're in alignment with staying safe or fear or something like that, the more we might show up into our life asking, what's in it for me? What, how do I, what can I take here? How do I benefit me? Um, so it's a little more egocentric in that regard. I'll pause there. The reason that I think it's so hard to do this daily is that the deeper parts of ourselves are asking us to show up in ways that may be uncomfortable, that mm-hmm. may require us to stretch or... Um, you know, to move into a new career or to use my time in ways that um, are is uncomfortable, but is of service. And so it's a lot easier to sort of stick in, a, in another lane and say, this is about me and what I want only. Now, I'll pair that with saying, there's times where life, we need to ask the question, how does this benefit me, you know? If I'm in a situation that's abusive or I'm under a real sense of threat or a crisis, you know, there are times when it's appropriate to align with things that are going to keep us safe and healthy and not worry so much about my soul, you know? Yeah. Um, Now, that being said, I think what I'm thinking of is the large view that if I look back at a year of my life, I can say I was in alignment with something deeper and wiser in myself more often than I was in alignment with my safety strategies or sort of taking or what's in it for me. So again, it's not about perfection. This isn't saying all my thoughts, all my behavior have to be in alignment with my true self. That's an order for failure. We're not made to be that way, but rather it's saying, how do I become to know that part of myself more and start to show up maybe just a little more often in greater alignment with that, that this piece of myself that's savvy and, and wise and non-judgmental, and empathetic, compassionate, courageous, 
creative? How do I just welcome that into my life more often? Let me ask you this, Bryce. Yeah. In your experience as a psychotherapist and facilitating a program such as the Foundations of a Servant Leader, this process that you're talking about, how common is it for somebody to even be interested in this? Um, is this is this a standard thing or are we talking about maybe this is kind of a rarity and this is an opportunity that maybe people aren't aware that they could take this journey with themselves or what, what, what are we looking at here? Yeah. Well, let me say right out of the gate, I think many, many people are interested in taking the journey to come to know themselves better and that developmentally as humans, it's kind of crucial that we do those kinds of journeys. So this is just an avenue to doing that. Uh, there are many, many, many ways of growing in self-awareness. So, and generally, it, I think it's part of the human experience. And that when people don't take those kind of journeys, they, they become sort of locked in a stage of their development. And, um, and that's okay, but there's, we've got more game than that. We, doing these, coming to know ourselves more fully is, I think, part of being human. And uh, we're better off when we do it. That so pause there. Okay. <laughs> um, the next piece of that question is: I am a psychotherapist, you know, and and I I love that work. Foundations of a Servant Leader is not a group therapy, or uh, it's not a, a therapy program. So let me. I like to just separate those. Uh, it's you're not right. You have like a a dual role that's. Um... They're really, they're really not even related, but I mean, yeah, they're both they're both process. related because they're developmental. Yes, that's fair. Um, parts of the process are therapeutic. You know, they are good for us and help us, you know, maybe heal or discover more about ourselves. But it is not therapy. You know, this is I, it's not. There's a clear divide and boundary between those two things. So I'll say that real distinctively. Your question was sort of how often or are people being drawn to servant leadership, this program? Well, I think about, uh, in, my, in my introduction, I talk about the, the definition of normal um, yeah. being common, standard, natural. So I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of, I have this burning question inside that's everything we're talking about, you and I, I mean, we, I've been through this program uh, you and I are comfortable having this conversation, but I think about the um, the listeners who may be listening to us right now yeah. and what they may be thinking um, and their curiosities. You know, like I said, we've been down this road and yeah. with, and this is your, your career choice. So, you know, you're frequently taking people down this road. Yeah. But I I'm think about into it, you know? Yeah. You're, yeah. This is your thing, yeah, you know? Right. And, and I'm just a very curious person. I'm thinking about that person who may be listening and going like, what are they talking about? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. Like, who are these guys? Like this, they're taking a look inside and all this self-talk. Like, what is all this? You know? Yeah. I think about that person. I, I, I think about the, uh, 
I mean, we can just talk about the elephant in the room, the pandemic. Yeah. And also in the introduction, I mentioned how you're, we're hearing, you know, when are we going to go back to normal? I just want to go back to normal. And, oh, well, that's, this is going to be the new normal for a while, you know, and I hear uh, other podcasts where people are being interviewed talking about it's going to be years before we ever go back to normal. But one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you about this whole concept of normal and you doing your thing and what you're doing on a daily basis is I think as a, as a whole globally, we kind of were forced into a discomfort. Mm-hmm. We were forced to take a look um, as simple as do I have enough toilet paper? Can I go to the grocery store and buy enough food for my family? So I'm just kind of spinning my wheels here thinking yeah. like, you know, okay, there, there may be some people who are fortunate enough who've never had to lean into that discomfort. Right. You know, so I'm just, I'm just curious, maybe like more of your opinion is leaning into that discomfort common for people mm-hmm. or is it less common? Let, let's answer that first. Yeah. Let me unpack. There's a lot in that question. So let me unpack that a little bit. Leaning into discomfort is hard. Uh, yes. And so I think first, the first real step there, I think, is recognizing that I'm uncomfortable. And like we said earlier, there's a werewolf outside, right? Like if I'm, if I, I've already decided what this is and how I'm going to think about it. I've chosen my posture, right? I've chosen my thinking and how I will respond before I've given consideration to anything else. I've already just automatically, you know, decided. Then it may be very hard to even assess if I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll use your example. If I'm listening to this podcast or to people talking about coming to know ourselves better or, you know, self-growth. And my, my quick response and sort of internal process is I don't, I don't have any, I don't have anything to do differently. Yeah. I don't need, I don't know what these guys are talking. This is <laughs> a bunch of, you know, bogus. You can't prove that. Yeah. How do you, so I'm, I'm less inclined to judge that and more curious about, how they got, how did you get there? Like, tell me you got there quickly. And my guess is there's some discomfort beneath those thinking, that thinking and, and whatever behavior showing up. And um, if someone's feeling uncomfortable and that's helping them process their discomfort, then I want to be empathetic to that. I'm curious about where they learned that. How did you learn that making this dumb or making yourself not, I don't need that. Those postures, you know, where did you learn those? How did those become helpful to you? Um, how's that serving you right now? If I'm feeling discomfort by even the idea of self-awareness and my, my automatic response is to sort of deny it, get it out of my way, get out of my face. I don't need that. Uh, the next step for me is to invite you to just think a little bit more about that, to apply some curiosity instead of an edginess or sort of a disregard for it is to say, oh, I am doing that. 
And I wonder why I'm doing that. Um, am I uncomfortable? Just by doing that, you have entered the process of leaning into the discomfort. So when your question is, well, part of your question was like, are people inclined to do that? And I think the answer is no. And that they need, that's why a program like this is helpful is because mm -hmm. it creates a space that's safe for people in a facilitative process where people can do that um, and are invited to do that and are guided to do that in a way that's very healthy to sort of say, oh, I, what is going on there? I don't know why I'm doing that. And to just be curious without pressure or judgment or criticism, just to mm -hmm. play around. And, and in that very process, we are becoming more self-aware. I, I agree with that. And I think this whole back to normal thing is yeah. us as a whole trying to figure out what that new comfort zone is. Yeah. It was kind of nice if you think back uh, when things first started, kind of shut the world down. And I remember talking to, you know, this friend or that friend. And it was like, well, I haven't talked to you for a few weeks. What have you been doing? And everything was so heartfelt and everybody was concerned about each other. Things just kind of went the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, well, I, I think, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I'm, I gave, I've been running with this werewolf example, which was not expected, but if I wake up in the middle of the night and I assume there's a werewolf outside, I, that's a perceived threat, right? And it's not real. With the pandemic, we have a real threat. Like people are sick and are dying. Yeah. And so that is, that challenges us in ways that are, uh, that can be very intense. Uh, and should be in some regard, but also um, it can it can very much like muster all kinds of safety strategies, memories, things like that, um, where we're really trying to navigate an actual threat as best as we can. And you top that with grief. I mean, there's so such an intense and overwhelming grief going on. Uh, across the world that people are you know losing loved ones and doing that in ways that are not common you know our sense of the rituals around death we can't do them our sense of right. saying goodbye in ways that we know how to we can't do them and so there's there's some real what we've been talking about is sort of being curious about the irrational or you know things are jumping to a conclusion but with the pandemic, we've got a real threat that changes things that causes me to go into the grocery store and take way more than I need because I'm, I'm legitimately afraid. And we can, I'll pause there. There's a lot we could say here and I certainly don't have all the answers, but. Uh, right. Right. I, I totally agree with that. That there's uh, quite a bit that we could do. Yeah. Well, it goes back into that what's in it for me versus how may I serve. And so if my alignment is with the fox or my soul or my heart and the true self, something deeper and wiser in me, then I go into the grocery store and my posture is sort of how may I serve, you know, I can be, 
I can take what I need here and leave enough and leave what I don't need in order to be part of the common good. But when there's a real threat in front of us, you know, we have our survival parts of our body and our brain and things, and we start to align more with safety strategies as we should. We're, you know, we are an animal and we're trying to live, like survive. And so if I go into a grocery store with that mindset, I'm focused on my survival and staying safe, then I will ask probably what's in it for me? What, how do I take care? How do I get through it? And I may take way more than I need because mm -hmm. I'm worried about my survival, okay? And again, I'm less inclined to judge that and more curious about it. Part, part of me is saying that makes sense, you know? take what you know you've got to, we've got to survive if you can and mm -hmm. we're doing what we know how to as a species right but another part of me is saying we are capable of doing this together in ways that affirm the common good and so i think it's really a question about fear or like love or a sense of deeper wisdom where if my mind is oriented on and my, my body is oriented on fear only, then I'm taking all the toilet paper. And if my <laughs> mind is oriented towards something deeper and wiser in me, really the, the more uh, life-giving parts of myself, then I will, take, I will certainly take some, but I will be mindful of others and committed to maybe helping in some way. And I think we've seen both as this pandemic has played out. We've certainly seen both. I mean, Absolutely. tremendous acts of generosity. And I'm involved in a few nonprofits in town and, and the amount of uh, the outpouring of support saying we will help you get through this. Like there's just been so many acts of uh, kindness and a real sense of how may I serve and keep this common good alive. And we've also seen tremendous acts of um, the other route of which I think are fear-based really yeah really scared and trying to just make sure they survive and right. that's all well, well no I was going to say um to add to what you're talking about it's making me recall three things uh that are I think we call them the the, the fruits of the foundation of servant leadership uh yeah. community-minded wholeheartedness and justice Justice, yeah, orientation. Justice so orientation. Go ahead. We and... say that a servant leader is someone who lives their life three ways, wholehearted, community-minded, and justice-oriented. And what we mean by, uh, just a brief intro on all those, yeah. real brief, is wholehearted is what a lot of what we've been talking about is mm -hmm. to say, I have a sense of my heart, the core, the center of the fox, and I'm trying to show up with more, as much of that as I can. So to be more wholehearted, oriented that way, that's again, tip of the iceberg on that one. Mm -hmm. The second piece is community-minded, which is to say, I'm aware of what's going on around me, the systems, my community, you know, structures, whatever. And I am aware that I can, am impacting those things by just participating, by doing nothing or doing something, I am having an impact on this culture or the system or this community and i'm aware that they are impacting me and so there's sort of it's a two-way street there 
Um, and so I'm mindful of this community that's going on around me and my sort of interconnectedness or the mutuality that's possible uh, within that. And then the last one is justice oriented. And what that means is, is again, very much tip of the iceberg on this one is there's a lot that's wrong in the world um, and I'm oriented towards making it right. And that's, that can be overwhelming, right? Cause there's right. a lot wrong. But I, when you start pairing these together, wholehearted, community-minded, justice-oriented, it starts to become clear what things are wrong that I'm going to try to make right. So you can, get, you can navigate that in ways where you get a lot clearer about what are the causes or the, the issues that I'm going to focus on you know, throughout this season of my life or, or whatever. And so all three, you need all three. You can't do just one. Um, if I try to be community-minded, but I'm not going to be wholehearted, and when there's problems in my community, I'm not going to really do anything about them, then I've sort of missed, you're doing something for sure, but it's not servant leadership. <laughs> uh, so you kind of need all of them to live together. They do a little dance, I think. And the outcome is someone who's living their life oriented towards servant leadership. And I think that's kind of where the, I think you're would, is it safe to call it a slogan? The how may I serve? That is pretty much our, yes, how may I serve is kind of our tagline. That's fair, I guess. But okay. it's also a tool to the people who have gone through our programming to remember the alignment we've talked about. So, mm -hmm. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Where do we go from here? We've talked about getting in touch with the self, um, I guess, finding the fox, just maybe brushing up with that fox here yeah. and there. Uh, we've talked about wholeheartedness, community-minded, justice-oriented. How about the normal stuff? The premise of your uh, podcast. <laughs> right. Hopefully, I've, up to this point, presented myself as... I am not a normal expert. Yeah, okay. You know, uh, these these are these are curiosities of mine where I'm trying to balance the way I I feel about things in my past and what was normal and like always have a curiosity about what's what else is going on, you know, um, instead of focusing on the woe is me and you know, I could yeah. I can really dig myself a deep hole of those kinds of things and I think it's it's a helpful thing for me to have that curiosity of what is normal? Yeah. What is really going on? So I think we've kind of already had the discussion of as a whole, things maybe aren't that normal right now, mm -hmm. but through our experience, through what we've learned through the, uh, the foundations of a servant leader program and through just being community minded individuals, I'm just, maybe, where do we go from here? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I reflected on norm, the, you know, the idea of normal and norms as in preparation for the podcast. And um, the conclusions I was coming to just thinking about it is that norms are part of life, like every, but we all have our own sense of cultural norms or norms within our family or, you know, whatever, like 
there are norms set throughout the human experience, um, whether, and those can be you know, rituals we do or societal norm, you know, whatever. And my, my sense is some of those are life-giving, you know, like having a norm around Thanksgiving and the holidays, right? Having norms around those and sort of rituals and things we do that are repetitive. And those are good. Like there, there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with having norms like that. And what I've also been thinking about and heard through you is sort of when we apply those norms to humans or like peers or whatever, we start to say that person isn't normal. Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes that can be helpful to say, you know, there are certain norms that that person is not uh, experiencing or is not showing. And that's an indication that something is wrong. And that that person maybe needs some assistance or help, or uh, you know, there's there's something off there that can be made right, or um, can be healed, or or something like that. And so, you know, one part of me is saying there's a gift to all this. Like having norms and ritual is good and healthy and enjoyable and makes life interesting and whatnot. Um, and not being normal is also healthy. Well, so yeah, the flip side of that coin, I think, is that norms keep us sort of locked in sometimes that mm -hmm. uh, they keep us the blinders on and keep us from seeing different things differently, or being more curious or um, thinking outside the box or accepting people that don't fit in our norms, uh, and stuff like that. And so sometimes the person who breaks the norms is the one who calls a society or a family or a group of people or whatever their their work environment to adjust in ways that need to happen that better serve the common good and we've seen that throughout history that there are these norm breakers that wind up transforming society in ways that are more humanized and they're better <laughs> and um there are always those who tote the line of normalcy and um, those people are intention. And so it seems that there's the norm breakers and the norm followers, and there's a gift on both sides. And so that's attention, I think, to the, to the human experience is saying, sort of being in this reality of needing norms and enjoying them and, and um, also being open to breaking them sometimes and growing beyond them. Or, and so that's what's coming up to me is that there's this tension between them, like this idea of normalcy. That mm -hmm. I think of it, I also thought of like recess growing up in elementary school and like kid, you know, my own kid, peers and that we didn't think were normal or when I wasn't, you know, I was very sensitive and kind of, outspoken sometimes but more to myself other times and it wasn't athletic and didn't really fit sort of like tip stereotypical male norms mm -hmm. and there were times where I was rewarded for that and had a great time and there were other times where I felt very uh unnormal and was made aware of that in not so gentle ways by people in my life so yeah I just thought of that and other people I thought were strange and didn't understand and where you know we might make fun of those people as children and as adults but um i think people with a little more self-awareness are able to say like 
you know, me making fun of them is about me being certain about who they are, where they come from and what they have to offer me, which mm-hmm. isn't a lot. And people who are more um, oriented towards that Fox may be more curious about people they don't understand or things they don't know. So there's a tension, I think, in this idea of normal. A healthy tension. I hope so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an okay tension. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, then, uh, yeah. Well, do you have do you have anything yeah. else you want to well, add? With the quick? pandemic to, is, you know, I think you had brought that up and had some questions around that. So much of our norms have been, uh, you know, either just totally gone right now yeah. or um, have been adjusted. And so people being uncomfortable with the, it's okay. Like there's mm-hmm. been a lot of adjustment. Um, and for people to say this is not normal, I think is very fair. <laughs> like, because um, it's not, a lot of our norms aren't occurring. Yeah, they just aren't. Um, but I think that's, an inv- you know, again, an invitation to growth and to say, like, how do we do this differently? And, and people are showing up and doing that. It's also, you know, I've heard people say, 2020 is the worst year ever. I think that was the cover of a Time Magazine article. 2020, worst year ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I <laughs> do I bite on that or not? I don't know, Bryce. Well, what do you do? You want to? It's a fine line because I don't want to take away. If somebody feels that 2020 has been their worst year ever, I don't want to take away from that. Yeah, they have a right to feel that way as a whole, I feel that 2020 was necessary. I like the way things have tried to make us, I'm trying to be very politically correct about things um, because I think this is a very sensitive topic. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know people who've lost their jobs, who've been furloughed, people who've had COVID, uh, people who've lost loved ones, I feel safe admitting um, I actually just recovered from having COVID-19. And I mean, that that played a role in, in my life and my immediate family. So I, I do speak from experience here. But I, 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 I kind of like it. I like 2020. Um, as, as crazy and negative as some people might think it is, I feel that it was necessary. I, as, as we've discovered, we're both people who are comfortable with the discomfort of that inward search and getting to know ourselves a little bit better. And I think part of the reason people are having such a hard time is because without their own doing, they were forced to look inside. And that's scary. If it's you and I, I can choose to take the the foundations of servant leadership program. I can choose to go seek some counseling if I'm not feeling right or something like that. Or I can choose to call my friends and say, hey, I'm not feeling right. You guys get me back in order here, okay? But there's a lot of things that are going on in 2020 that people did not choose for themselves. And I think that's very difficult. So I am very sensitive to that idea. But at the same time, I'm somewhat grateful mm-hmm. that 
we're taking this inside look as a whole, as the United States, as a global uh, humanity. Yeah. It was so just, just a way piece, for us to take a look. The piece for you that was necessary is sort of as uh, uh, people looking inward and better understanding themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And this is, I, I do not personally feel that the end is anywhere near. Of the um, pandemic. Of the pandemic. Yeah. Right. I unfortunately think this is going to be going on for quite some time. And um, I feel, I just have this, I guess I can't really describe the way I feel, but I have this passion for anybody who may be just having a hard time with this. You know, I just want to, as politically incorrect as it is, I just want to hug them, you know, just like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, right, right. We're not supposed to be hugging right now, but that's how I feel inside. I just want to let people know, like, it is okay. Yeah. We are so advanced in 2020 with this technology, you know, like, look at, look at what we're capable of doing right now. And this conversation, we'll publish it as a podcast and people can just have it on their cell phones very easily. I mean, we are so capable of doing so many great things right now. Let's do them. Let's do it. Well, and my sense is that how like powerlessness and hopelessness are a product of sort of losing meaning and so in a time like this, it's easy to look at what's going on and say, a lot of the ways I made meaning out of my life are not available to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes relationships. Like part of the way I made meaning out of my life was as a spouse and my spouse died. Like, mm-hmm. I, and that's tremendously hard, right? Or, or whatever. And so I think people, myself included, are searching for how to make meaning out of what has been a pretty rough year. Mm -hmm. And one way that I think folks are doing that is by naming this the worst year ever. I think, you know, by calling it the worst year ever, it's actually a testament of hope that people are saying this year will end and the new Mm -hmm. year will come. And I'm hopeful that it will get better. 2020 was the worst year ever. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a part of how people are making meaning out of what's been a really hard experience. And my sense is it that if this continues, which is likely that people will continue to find ways to make meaning out of it. I'm not, I don't ascribe to the worst year ever thing, but I, I also have my own ways of making meaning out of what's going on and, and have had it loss, you know, and I don't want to speak too much about that, but there's been, this has been a struggle for everybody, I think. And yeah. some, some worse than others, certainly. Um, we carry, you know, there's just communities that don't have the same resources or right. awareness. And uh, so in one way we're lucky and, and in other ways, um, you know, we're all in this together. But so, yeah, my point is it's about meaning making. If people can make meaning out of this, then there's a sense of hope and that we aren't powerless. 
And um, I'm all in on that. I'd love to be a part of that. And if, if you need to say 2020 was the worst year ever to do that, I say game on, go for it. I like that. I'm glad you were able to summarize that in that way where we end up thinking this is this is how people are going through the coping process. And in the end, we're resulting in hope. Yeah. In transformation. Right. Well, I, I, I like it. I very well said, Mr. Bryce Roberts. And that's why you were on this podcast because uh, you're very wise. I appreciate everything that we've done up to this point. I think this is a good, uh, a good point where we could probably sum things up. Okay. And uh, do you have any closing statements or? Yeah, I think I would just say thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of your creative process. And this is where your curiosities led you. And I'm absolutely around at the front end of that. And now I'm involved here. So it feels good to be with you in this. I'd also say like, my, I want my life to be about people growing in self-awareness. And um, I like, the, if you're c- curious about that and uh, just thinking, I, maybe I could come to know myself more fully. I just, not even, this isn't a plug for my program or whatever, but to just say, to find some ways to lean into that. I really want to invite that. My sense is the more self-aware people become, the, the better off everybody is. Um, and so if this podcast, if you're listening to it and you're thinking, well, maybe I, maybe I could be challenged on that or maybe I could lean in or maybe, I, maybe there is more for me, I'd invite you to just take the next step and uh, see where that goes. Lean if into you, the curiosity. Yeah, lean into whatever's going on. And, and if, if I can be helpful to anybody in that, I'd love to be in you may have your own folks and stuff, but right. game on. Let's do it. Game on. Let's do it. I love it, Bryce. Um, I will give you an opportunity if anybody is interested in that program. I do believe that you are looking to facilitate some new classes in the year 2021. How, what's the best way if they are curious or have any questions? Um, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, there's a we are recruiting for new groups. There's uh, obviously they're going to look a little different and the groups we had last year were pretty committed uh, to social distancing and doing this as safely as we can. So if you're interested in it, you can email me or, or Bob, I guess if you, they may know you, Bob. So yeah, uh, uh, they can, um, Go ahead with your email first, and well, I'll... we can just put my email maybe in the in the notes on this thing. Or, sure, and uh, people can do that, and uh, we can go from there. That sounds good. I'll do that, and I think everybody knows uh, this is your normal at gmail dot com. If anybody has any questions or wants to get a hold of Bryce, they can email me at this is your normal at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll do everything. And like you said, Bryce, we'll go ahead and put that in the notes. Great. Great. Well, I think this is fantastic. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me on. You're so very welcome. Uh, it was such a great opportunity. Um, I look forward to uh, what the future may bring us. In closing, as we are all making meaning out of what is going on in our lives, remember, hope surrounds us and we are not powerless.
Thank you again for listening to This Is Your Normal.